Rainmaker FM. Copyblogger FM is brought to you by Studio Press Sites, the complete hosted solution that makes WordPress fast, secure, and easy without sacrificing power or flexibility. Feel free to upload your own WordPress theme or use one of the 20 beautiful Studio Press themes that are included and just one click away. Explore all the amazing things you can do with the Studio Press site, and you'll understand why it offers a lot more than traditional WordPress hosting. No matter how you'll be using your site, we have a plan to fit your needs and your budget. To learn more, visit rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. Hey there, it is so good to see you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone, and I'm the Chief Content Officer for Rainmaker Digital. You can find me at least once a week normally on the Copyblogger blog, as well as some more mindset and ranty stuff over at Remarkable Communication. Remember, you can always get the show notes for every episode. Those include links, free extra stuff, by pointing your browser to copyblogger.fm. And that's also where you'll find the complete show archive. So today I want to talk about a topic that is oddly evergreen, even though it feels like it changes all the time. And that topic is how we should approach everybody's favorite 800-pound gorilla, Google, when we're making decisions for our websites. So Google hires some of the smartest developers on the planet to guard against spam, to keep people from manipulating the search engine algorithms in a way that's, you know, unwholesome. And every time Google makes a noticeable change, a lot of website publishers collectively freak out. Everybody is left wondering, what is this going to do to my rankings? So if your business does depend on search rankings, in other words, if it's important to you, materially important to you, that your website come up fairly high when somebody searches for your topic, then you probably have a certain amount of Google-induced stress disorder really important elements change and they change abruptly. They change without anybody telling you. And then, you know, we're all left scrambling to try and figure it out and pick up the mess. And the truth is it really can get right on your last nerve. So if you are finding that these kinds of changes are causing you more than, you know, a a fairly brief moment of irritation, it's possible that you would benefit from shifting the way you think about Google. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. Now, I pretty much, you know, wholesale acquired my mindset about Google and the way that I think about Google and all the search engines, but Google specifically, um, over, you know, many years of listening to advice from Copybloggers founder, Brian Clark. And what that has meant for me over the years is that when the search engines and Google in particular do make the big changes. Of course, they do that fairly regularly. Um, You know, I curse a little bit and I do some tweaks and I'm okay. So here are the five rules I have for keeping my sanity when I'm dealing with search engines. 
So rule number one, and this is not only about Google, this is about any big third party that you don't have any control over. So it applies just as much just as much to Facebook. It applies just as much to LinkedIn or any other, um, you know, third party site that you really, you don't make the decisions. And that rule is what is my plan if this goes away tomorrow? So sooner rather than later, you need to ask yourself, what is your backup plan if this really important tool for your business dissolves overnight? So for example, um, some years ago, way back in 2013, um, Google had a program called Authorship, and that was intended to give more weight to certain writers on the web and their content. And we talked about it. We uh, encouraged people to go ahead and, and do some things with it. But even back then at the time, Brian had asked publicly asked the question, what happens if this just doesn't ever go anywhere? And in fact, it didn't ever go anywhere and it kind of made us all look like big damn heroes. So was that because we thought that authorship was going to blow up? Actually, no, we, we did not think authorship was going to blow up. It had every sign of being a program that was probably going to stick around, but we were prepared when it did. So you need to think about right now, if Facebook just goes away tomorrow or Twitter or your Google search results position or your pay-per-click campaign, your paid traffic campaign, when tools and programs disappear in the online world, they tend to do that almost literally overnight. And you really need right now to put a solid plan into place for when that happens. So my sanity rule number two is that Google owes you nothing. And I'm not sure why people are a little bit confused about this, because I hear people talking about their ranking in the search engines like it's some kind of civil right. You do not deserve to have your content found by Google or Bing or Yahoo or, or anywhere else. That is not a service that Google has promised you. And weirdly enough, Google won't even make that promise to accept large amounts of your money to run advertising on their platform. So they can take that away anytime as well. They can take away your ability to buy traffic for bizarre reasons. I remember talking to somebody whose account was frozen and the only explanation the account rep would ever give was it smells funny. So we do have this kind of belief, it's natural enough that because we put a lot of work into being found on the search engines because, you know, we're, we're trying to play by the rules and be, be good guys, that somehow that entitles us to a great position on the results page. And it really just does not work that way. And I have observed that the greater your sense of entitlement about what a company like Google owes you, the more frustrated and angry you tend to feel when you get smacked, which if you play this game long enough, you will. But the flip side of that is rule number three, which is you owe Google nothing. You don't work for Google. They don't send you a paycheck. They do not have you under contract. They are not buying your products or services. So whether or not you want to abide by their thoughts on best practices, by their ideas about what you should do is totally up to you. And you should make that decision like an adult. 
You should weigh the pros and cons and keep Google or any other big company like that in its proper perspective. I used to watch people spend hours trying to pick apart every syllable that Matt Cutts would utter, trying to understand, you know, what he thinks the definition of is is and uh, making all kinds of crazy you know, changes to their to their sites and their business model because Matt Cutts said he liked something or Matt Cutts said he didn't like something. It's a sucker bet because you have to remember rule number two. It doesn't matter how many hoops you jump through. So whether or not you do everything, you know, quote unquote, the way Google wants you to, which you have to guess at anyway, because they're not going to tell you, Even if you follow every rule, written and unwritten, they still don't owe you that search result. So ages ago, I I can't even remember where or when I said this, I said that Google is a lot like a really mean girl from high school. And in my experience and observation, your best shot at getting her to like you is to pretty much ignore her. Well, you go around your business getting social sharing, getting links, getting publicity because you're trying to reach people, because you are trying to connect with human beings. So the less you care about what Google thinks, the better light Google tends to see you in because real human beings already like you. And you know, the flip side of that is if it never happens, you know, if, if that mean high school girl never, never thinks you're cool, you do not need her anyway. You really don't. You, you can do it without her. Okay. Rule number four, which is to use the tool for what it's good for. Now I am not saying that having a good search engine result is not helpful because it sure can be. Um, For some topics, for some business models, it can be a, a great thing. Um, I mentioned that we had recommended including this authorship markup on content. It just let the search engines know who you were as an author and tied that to something that they could see, which was your Google Plus account. And we recommended that because it was really pretty easy to do. It was, you know, it took like one second to set up on Genesis and the potential looked pretty promising. And over the years, all of our SEO recommendations work that way. And that way is this, if you can tweak your content without messing it up for human readers and without putting in, you know, a million hours to get it set up and to maintain it, then go ahead and do it. You know, use the a couple of simple tools that are going to let you get your content optimized efficiently. There's nothing wrong with doing some tweaking and optimization to give your content a little boost with search engines. That is a reasonable and valid thing to do. And if your company has the resources to hire a really, really strong team that can devote its time to search or a really, really capable and knowledgeable SEO, that's awesome. You know, that's a great thing to do. Those people do good work and um, I don't I don't disrespect any of that. But if you really can't afford it or if you can't weather the storms, then you really have to think about it. You got to recognize that search is a long game. So you want to put it in its proper place. Almost no matter who you are, you're going to want to have other ways to connect you with an audience, to engage that audience. And then if your great search placement shows up, maybe it shows up sooner, maybe it shows up later, that's totally fantastic. 
So sometimes people think that because I take this attitude about search engines, I think that SEO is not valuable or um, search engine rankings are not meaningful, and neither of those would be a fair representation of what I'm um, what I'm saying. And then I saved the most important rule for last, rule number five, serve the audience first. So this one is the really important one. I say this every time I talk about search engine optimization, the Google bots don't have credit cards. They cannot buy your product. They cannot retain you for your service. Rather than putting your time and your energy and your attention into trying to please Google, work on pleasing the people who are going to eventually become your customers. And that's about things like creating content that's interesting to them, create content that meets their needs, make it useful and make it entertaining. Give that your real time and attention. So the audience is where everything good comes from in your business. And Google is one path for your audience to find you. And it is not the only path. So a funny thing about this post and this podcast episode, uh, it did originally appear as a post on Copyblogger. And I published it twice, pretty much word for word, after Google had made two pretty significant changes that had everybody kind of freaked out. And it could easily get published again this year, next year, the year after, when they do something else that causes everybody to have a heart attack. So here's what I changed in order to publish it that second time on Copyblogger. We created a new image. Um, I wrote a new introduction because the change that they had made was specific. And then after that, literally, I changed two or three words. Now, the reason I point this out is because for many years now, nothing has nothing fundamental has changed and nothing fundamental is likely to change. And I talk about people trying to read the tea leaves that Google is saying, and Google will literally just come out and say this regularly, which is stop chasing these goofy little shifts. Stop trying to game the algorithm and start trying to just produce, you know, something people want to read, something people want to listen to, something people want to watch. Google is going to shift and sometimes that's going to happen very abruptly. That does not mean you need to go along for the ride. So if you develop a sustainable approach, a sustainable mindset, when you're thinking about your search engine rankings, you can leave all those panic attacks and dysfunction behind. So that's it. That's my, uh, that's my rant about Google. I think that qualifies as both a rant and an enduring best practice, in my opinion. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know if you've ever had a panic attack over the search engines or um, really had something crash in your business because the search engines um, made a change that you weren't ready for. Uh, you can always drop us a comment. Just point your browser to copyblogger.fm. I always love to see what you have to say. Thanks. Take care and talk to you soon. <laughs>